0: Jehovah Jireh He is my God I'm singing Jehovah Jireh Why should I worry about the highs and the lows, why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, when by my faith I know my God is longer enough, because I'm my need, he is my elf to die, he always looks out for me, Jehovah Jireh, he is my God, I I sing it, Jehovah Jireh. Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? The ups and the downs. When my baby, I know my God is more than enough. He gets my eye on my knees. He is my ass, she's He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh He is my God. Yes, he is. Jehovah Jireh You know that all the earth exists And the fullness there Everything that I need I can be assured of Jehovah Jireh He is my God Yes, He is Jehovah Jireh He is my God Don't tell me Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs? Without my faith I know my God is loving enough. He can't survive I need. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks after me. Jehovah Jireh, he is my God. I'm singing Jehovah Jireh, he is my God. My money, he is my El Shaddai He always looks out for me Jehovah Jireh He is my God Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh He is my God
1: Come on and love him Everybody together, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my holy God, my great and mighty King. I give you praise, Jesus. I give you praise, Heavenly Father. Jesus' sweet and mighty name. Thank you, dear God. If you have a Bible tonight, let's look at John's account of the one gospel. John's account. Appreciate um, brother sal had to say and i really appreciate the, the girls interpreting i think that i don't know jackie's maybe 10 or 11 really rose to the occasion there did a good job thank you jesus everybody said praise the lord praise all right in john chapter one and i'm going to turn your attention to to verse 26. John chapter 1 and verse 26. John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. I'd like to minister for a little while tonight on seeing and learning things that you know not. You may be seated. The Lord bless you to raise your awareness factor to things that are around you. Sometimes there is a tendency not to be observative. We don't notice a lot of things. Um, It's important, particularly when we come to the Scriptures and to the spiritual things, that we begin to realize that there are things that we know not. There are things that we, at the present tense, are a little lacking in knowledge on. A little insight is lacking. Jesus came, according to John's account, also through a particular area, and he came to a well and he sat down on it, being wearied with his journey. We're talking about the flesh, the days of his flesh. And the flesh was wearied, because he did not, as God, take upon him the nature of angels, but he took upon himself the nature of Abraham. And when the Spirit of the Lord spoke the word over Mary, she brought forth the flesh. And in that flesh dwelled the fullness of the very God, who is a spirit bodily. But the body got tired. The spirit in the body didn't get tired at all but the body got tired. And uh, on this particular day, he was feeling the long journey. And he sat down on the well, and here comes a woman to draw water from the well. And in their conversation, which she was amazed that he would talk to her, uh, her self-esteem was extremely low, and also the fact that there was I won't say it was written, but it might as well have been a written rule that the Jews did not have any dealings with the Samaritans. And she was well aware of that and even brought that to his attention. He pretty much ignored that and went on with business, getting about to the main point. And that was he was trying to direct her to see that there was something in front of her that she knew not of. For he told her, he said, if you knew who you were talking to. He said, you would ask of me and I would give to you. I would give you the waters, if you please, of eternal life. I would give to you the gift of the Holy Ghost. I would give to you the knowledge of that. I would point you in a direction that is not downward and earthward, but I would point you upward. I would lift up your head and your eyes and your mind, your heart and your thinking in great encouragement enabling you to see something that's right here in front of you that you know not. And so he uh, began to deal with this woman and try to make her aware that there was a salvation right in front of her. And, of course, she became uh, very defensive about uh, the well. She became defensive about their history and their traditions and things that had been Handed down, and Jesus had to again redirect her thinking, trying to make her realize that you're about to miss what I'm trying to show you, what I'm trying to make you aware of. I have come a long way, and I didn't by accident sit down on this well at this particular time of the day, neither is it a coincidence that you came to the well just as i was sitting on it. i'm trying to make you aware here of something eternal and of eternal value. I'm trying to show you there's a heavenly opportunity here that you are not seeing, that you're not aware of. there's something here that you know not and you need to awaken to it. it is written in the bible to awake to righteousness and to stop the sinning, to stop the unbelief, to stop the going in the wrong direction, and to get you uh, on the right track, on the right path, as it is called in the Scripture, on the straight and the narrow that leads to life eternal. Take you right between the pearly gates and put you on a street of gold and let you have the glory that God has intended for every man, woman, boy, and girl from every country, every continent, every island, every language, every dialect, every stuff is out there and God wants everybody to know what they don't know. He wants to make them aware of the greatness of his glory, his presence, his provision for you and for them and for everybody. That's why it's written, because the Spirit so loved the world that he gave the only begotten flesh That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The Scriptures want to teach you how to believe. The Scriptures want to make you aware of something that's there that you know not. And it's right there. And as Jesus continued speaking to this woman, she became defensive. She began to talk about her religion. She began to talk about her tradition. And she began to talk about ancestors and many things that had been handed down and talked about how that they worship. And Jesus said, you know not what you worship. He just straightened that one out real good. You know some people need a good uh, upcoming or a, a taken down however you want to say it but he needs he, God needs to get your attention and sometimes he's got to go right to the quick. He's got to and it is written that the word of God is, is quick and it is sharp and it is powerful. It's living and it's powerful and it will uh, cut even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It is designed to prick your heart. It is designed to cut you to the quick. It is designed to get past the fat of unbelief and traditions and denominational thinking and get down to where you live. Peel away the layers. It was written of the man that became the apostle Paul who was so filled with religion and was not seeing the things and was not aware of the things that were right in his midst. It was written of him that the scales fell from his eyes. And he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He was baptized in the name that he had been persecuting, that he had been fighting, the very one. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, and you're fighting against me. You're talking about getting right down to the point. He wasn't patty-caking. He wasn't playing around. He told him straight, and you should desire to be told straight. Because your soul is at stake. Your eternal destination is at stake. No wonder God said, As many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten them, I discipline them, I train them, I get to their heart and give them what they have need of an awareness of the good things that I've got all around them that they know not. I want to wake them up. I want to awaken them. I want the scales to fall. The eyes of your mind and, and let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might know the good things, the great things, the glorious things that God has in store for you. As John the Baptizer was there, and people were trying to puff him up and make him feel like some big something, and you know, some people are, it's been said, dying for recognition. I suggest you don't die for recognition. I suggest that you take the example of him who made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And you might want to take him as your example as the Bible teaches. And I'm not talking about false modesty. I'm talking, I'm not, and neither am I talking about standing around and acting like a opposer. And, and, and some kind of pious individual. Uh, no, not at all. We're talking about being real. The book said unfeigned faith. Not a fake faith. Not a plastic faith. Not a hypocritical faith. Not a tear among the wheat. But to become a real son and daughter of God that you're not just talking, but you're possessing. You live it. You've got it. You can match the life to the talk. You've got a real experience. You become aware of things that you weren't Hitherto far aware of. <laughs> said, You they, they said, Are you the Christ? And John said, Oh, he said, Let me tell you something. He said, I'm baptizing you with water because that's what I was sent to do. Oh, it's so good just to do what you're sent to do. If you could just get that going right, you know, if you learn to be faithful over a little bit, then God will make you rule over much. But if you can't be faithful over the little bit, then God said, who's going to trust you then more? It's as simple as that. And so John the baptizer made it clear. He said, I baptize you with water. He said, but there's one that stands among you whom you know not. There's one right here, right in front of your face, and you're missing it. You're going to let it go by. You're, you're just going to, you know, be blind, and you, your ears are going to be full of the clamor, of this life and all the, uh, what's that funny word, cacophony, all the blending of the different sounds that are coming from everywhere and it just fills your ears and fills your heart and your brain until you're not hearing what you need to hear and and, and you're not getting that distinctive voice. It's, it's not really pleasing to listen to an orchestra begin to tune up. Everybody's doing their thing, the oboe and the saxophone and the and the trumpet and every and the violins and on and on it goes. They're all doing their own thing, just tuning up. But how great it is when the maestro taps that baton and everybody snaps too. And the next thing you know, he heads off into what they're supposed to play and everybody's on the same page. Everybody's doing what they're ordained to do and taught to do. Ordained means ordered to do. They're ordered to do a certain thing and they do it and that's where you get beautiful music you got harmony because everybody's listening to the other one, and every, nobody's trying to outdo anybody. Everybody's harmonizing, synchronizing. That's where you get sonatas and cantatas and everything else. From the simplest to the most complex. And you don't start with the complex, neither. You don't start with the XYZs, you start with the A B C. And as the writer said, uh, you know, when he went over the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, and then he said, having these things uh, here now, he said, we're going to uh, go on to completion, and this we'll do if God permit. Well, God will permit us to go on to the XYZs if we take the ABCs with us. I'm not going to... Spend all that money and time and energy to build that foundation and then go build the building out in some other thing instead of sitting on the foundation. You got to put this thing in order and you got to be on a good, sure, solid foundation that's going to stand the test of every storm that comes, be it water or be it fire. You want to build it right, you want to build like a master builder, the writer said. And so we must remember the ABCs and be. I'm uh, the kind of loyal, faithful person that God can say we can move on now. Because there's a whole lot more that you know not. You know not. No wonder he told a very well educated in the world individual who got a glimmer. He just just got a little speck of light. And he came and said, He said, Teacher. We know you're come from the Spirit. Oh, you better believe you is because the Bible said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that's why also your Bible said that God was manifest in the flesh. That means He was clearly shown and demonstrated in the flesh. That's why it said in that flesh, in that body, dwell the fullness of God because God's a Spirit. And if you'd let him shine a little light and let you see what's standing in the midst of you, right there in the middle, that that the great wise spirit, the eternal spirit, chose, who is invisible, chose to show himself visibly in the manifestation known as the Son of the Spirit, the Son of God, and that he took his name that is above every name, and gave that name to that flesh and said you go out there among them and declare my name and that's why Jesus in the days of his flesh lifted up his voice in prayer and said father I have declared thy name you tell me what other name he declared somebody said to you Jesus only now with Jesus everything he is the everlasting father he is the prince of peace he is the mighty God he is the wonderful and the counselor hear oh Israel the Lord thy God God is one. One God. Not two, not three, not 20. One God. One God. He wears all the crowns, the one God. He wears all the hats. All right? And if he when he chose to show himself in the flesh, the same one God who is a spirit and invisible, he just chose to show himself visibly. The the biblical key is always to remember spirit in flesh, and if you can allow him to make you aware of that, of the scriptures, instead of focus on what you think you know. We know what we worship. Jesus said, "You don't know nothing." <laughs> Imagine that. You, you you know you people get this false misperception about him. They think he was effeminate. They think he was wishy-washy. Their definition of love is that anything goes and there's no such thing as doctrine. There's no guidelines. There's no commandments. There's no must. What you must do. Mr. Well-educated, well-spoken said, we know your teacher come from God. No man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. Mr. I know it, I know this and I know that and I know the other. He was like, Huh? Uh, uh, how do I do that? See, people, all people want to say, I believe. Maybe you should ask, How do I believe? How do I do that? Because he, he said, how, how do I do that? I'm the second time into my mother's womb and be born. Is that how that works? All oh, the natural mind thinks along natural plane and level and dimension. And the spiritual things of God, the Scripture said, are foolishness to the natural man. And he, the natural man cannot receive them. The natural thinking person cannot receive the things of God. Okay? Those things belong to the spiritual-minded. And so Jesus answered him again. He said, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto thee, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter into the into the kingdom of God. He said, Marvel not that I say this unto you. He said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is natural is natural. And he said, That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And he said, You know what? I'm just talking to you about the ABCs, and you haven't got doubt. How am I going to talk to you about the XYZs? I'm standing here, and you don't see it. He said, There's things that are there that you're not aware of. There are so many good things that God has that you're not aware of, so many good things that He wants to impart, so many good things that He wants to give, you know. He started off by giving the flesh as a sacrifice on the cross to shed His blood that you could have the opportunity to be saved from sin, from the devil, from unbelief, from falsehood from natural things carnal things sensual things things that are ungodly that you could be saved or delivered from that he has so many good things in store so many good things in store and they he said there's one that stand there there standeth one among you he said that whom you know not there's, there's some things here that you want to ask God to help me to know these things. Help me to know the important things. Help me to know the necessary things. You must be born again of water. That is, the Bible teaches to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. It said of water. It could be any water. It, it could be uh, Zephyr Hills water. It could be Belglade water. It could be in the canal. I hope mine the alligator's. It could be, uh, and we have baptized people. When we first came here, we baptized people in the lake. Uh, you, can, you can, it doesn't matter. We've had people in Vietnam that were uh, being witnessed to and during the war, and they were baptized in muddy ditches. What matters is, is what the Scripture teaches, you're to be buried with Him. So you've got to be buried under the water, and then we bring you back up because we're nice people, and we love you, and we want you to live for God. We don't want you to die. We want to bring you back up. And we always do. We have a 1,000% batting average on that. We have never left anybody under the water turning all different colors and dying. Okay? We always bring them up. And we try to do it rather quickly because a lot of people are, really have a fear of water, especially when they're going under the water. Okay? But it's a burial, and you're buried with Christ, according to Romans chapter 6, in looking back, explaining to people who had already been baptized and got the Holy Ghost that what that was all about. So when you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water, when you come up out of the water, that's another reason we're going to bring you up because that's when you're born again of water, when you come up because we have buried the old sinful nature that you just repented of and crucified. We buried that old Egyptian nature. And you come up out of the water, born again of water, and you're coming into newness of life. Everybody said praise the Lord. And that's all chapter and verse. That is not commentary. That is not theory. That is not what I think. That is what he says. And that's why we preach it. That's why we teach it. That's why we believe it. And he went on to say, and you must be born again of the Spirit. Notice it said the Spirit. Because there's a lot of people got a Spirit, but it's an unholy Spirit or an unclean Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit. You want the gift of God, the Spirit of grace. You want the Holy Ghost and fire. And John said he's going to do that. That's what he is going to do. Let me introduce you to Jesus the Christ. And Jesus the Christ stepped up and said, well, time to baptize me, John. And John said, ain't no way I'm baptizing you. You the man. And Jesus said, hey, are you hearing me? He said, you do what I'm telling you. He said, Because I got to fulfill righteousness. I got to fulfill the scriptures. There's a whole lot at stake here. And so John baptized Jesus. He baptized that fleshly body right there in the River Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, the Bible said that the heavens were opened and the Spirit descended upon him showing you how to be born again of water and of the Spirit, fulfilling all righteousness, the right way of doing things in the Spirit's eyes. The difference is I pray to Him, and I call Him Father, and I call Him Jesus, and I call Him all the many things that the Bible teaches, okay? But, you know, I have Him in me, but I don't have the fullness of Him in me. That means that I'm not God. I just thought I'd let you know that. I am not God. Write it down. Make a note for school tomorrow. I am not God. I said that at, at 7.35 on Wednesday night, September twenty fourth, 2008. You heard it, okay? I am not God because I don't have the fullness of God. I don't have the Spirit without measure, but I have my flesh, and my flesh praise to Him and so it was that the flesh of the man Christ Jesus even though he had the fullness he was an example on how to pray how to worship how to communicate showing us what to do for generations to come he came in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh that's what your Bible said in the book of Romans so remember there's standing one among you whom you know not. You've got some things about you that you know not. The Scripture teaches that when he gave birth to the church, recorded in Acts chapter 2. Now when people talk about the church here, they're talking about the local congregation. The church is universal. It is in everywhere and reaching everybody. And it started in Jerusalem, according to the Bible, and worked from Jerusalem out. And so we're way over here in the western hemisphere. And you don't want to view this book with a Western mindset. It is a Middle Eastern book, and you might want to keep that in mind. Because, you know, when it's talked about corn, I'm thinking about that stuff we shuck around here, and, and you maybe you want to put a lot of butter and salt and pepper on it and just uh, go after that sweet corn. But that's not the kind of corn they were talking about in the Bible. Okay, So we have to learn to look at it from their point of view, and most especially from God's point of view. And so the Bible teaches very plainly that uh, after he gave birth to the church in Jerusalem, and as Acts chapter 2 records that, and as they went forth and bringing the message to everybody, the message that you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For starters, that's the beginning. That's what gives you a new nature. That's the born-again experience. He said, you must do that. If you can, Nicodemus, if you can get that ABC right, then maybe we can move on towards some XYZs. If you can get the basics, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ down pat and show a faithfulness about them, then maybe we can move on here and show you some more things that you know not of. And so the Bible teaches that there came a time when, uh, in reaching out to people and the church going forth, as the book of Acts records, that one day there was a service that was about to take place down by the water and among the crowd following was a woman and this woman the Bible teaches that she stood among the crowd and as she listened was trying to pay attention and and avoid and get rid of all the distractions and she was a businesswoman so no doubt there was a lot of you know calculations going on in her head and how's the market going and you know I don't know if my cloth is selling very good and maybe I need to do some different advertising and yada 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 and and her mind she's trying to say wait a minute I don't want to think about that right now I don't want to think about that right now I want there's a man here talking and I need to listen to that fella I don't I don't need to be stuck on what I think I know I need, to, I need to realize that, like many, I'm falling short here. There's some lacking here. I want to I I get deprived of my ignorance. I want to learn something. You want to advance, you got to learn, you know. And so the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord opened her heart right here, not the pump, here, seat of her thoughts and her emotions, and touched her heart and opened her heart that, she would she then begin to attend to pay close attention to the things that the preacher was saying and it wasn't very long that she got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and she received the gift of the holy ghost and she became a very vital part of the work of god in that part of the world there the bible said in the book of ecclesiastes that the wise man said that he set his heart to know you want to determine in your mind that you want to know some things that are right there and you're not aware of them. Can I tell you that the Bible said you're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses? That's what your Bible teaches. There are people that have gone on to under an altar in heaven waiting for that first resurrection, commonly referred to as the rapture, though it's not a Bible word, but first resurrection is a Bible word where we'll be, the church, those who are alive and remaining, those that are dead in the grave, be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, gathered together unto Him, that first resurrection, and that there are people that God has taken on, and they're under an altar, and they're been given to rest, and white robes, and rest until certain things are fulfilled. There are, There is a great cloud of witnesses that are rooting for you, that are urging you on, that are trying in some way to help you to get to the place where you'll become aware of all of God's goodness that is around you, that you won't be asking foolish and unlearned questions that only bring about a lot of argument and a lot of strife, but that you would get your heart, your mind on the things that you need to know, that you would make that a point in your life. I want to know. I'm not going to just whoop, go by that chapter and verse. I'm gonna focus on that. It said it right there that I was to repent, I was to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and that I would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to go read over that and go past it. I'm not going to let somebody talk me out of it. I'm going to tell myself that there there's more here for me than what I'm seeing. you to believe God tonight that there is that which stands among you that you know not. There is an experience that goes far beyond shaking a hand and signing a card and parroting what somebody said to take Christ as your personal Savior. Those words are not in the Bible. There is not one Bible example of anybody that ever took Christ as their personal Savior. There is not anybody in the Bible that was ever baptized in saying the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost over them. But the Bible definitely shows you that they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because that is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ. That's how you sign the check. That's how you get your sins forgiven. That's how it's all paid. It's all in the name. The name that's above every name. The name that the whole family in heaven and earth is named after. Jesus Christ is that name. That's the name whereby you must be saved. Acts 4 and 12. Let's take a moment and lift our hearts with our hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's there all along, and you need to become aware of it. You don't need to overlook it. You don't need to fight it. You don't need to try to explain it away. You don't need to run and find somebody that will tell you what you want to hear, pat you on the back as they walk you right down Jesus said the blind lead the blind they both fall to a ditch and he even said let them alone Jesus is looking for people he said the spirit is looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth that's what he's seeking for why don't you step up like that woman and say I want to be one of them I want to be one of them I want what Mary got I want what Peter, James and John got I want what the Bible teaches I want that Let's love him together. Thank you, Jesus. Lead me, Lord. Oh, yes. I
0: will follow. Come on now. Lead me, Lord. I will
1: go. Point out a few things to me, Lord, that I'm not seeing. You have for me. I will answer. And open my understanding to it.
0: Lead me, Lord. Lighten mine eyes,
1: lest I sleep I, the sleep of death. I will go. the eyes of my understanding come on
0: now I I love you Jesus